the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website, shalomklein.com. While you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss. Let's jump right in. I am very excited to be joined by Sunil Gatsi, who is an expert in the world of branding. He has a fantastic podcast, books, all sorts of information. So I have so many questions, but Sunil Gatsu, welcome yeah, to the program. Thank you very much, Shalom. I'm really happy to drop some knowledge bombs on this powerful subconscious phenomenon we have called intuition that is so responsible for creating a trusted brand. Absolutely. Well, I love to get to know the person behind the microphones. So how did you become so passionate uh, and uh, get started on what I know I've been reading about your first book, and I know I've got to catch up because you've got a lot of content out there, as you say, knowledge bombs. But how did you develop this passion? So uh, after I wrote my first book, which was all about, uh, it's called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And the premise of that book is that if you read stories of failure from others, then you shouldn't be repeating them. And so you you should be able to succeed faster. And when I used to go talk on stages around the world uh, on my book tour, a lot of the questions I used to get was, Sunil, give me the one thing that's going to help me be successful. And this is a 400 page book. Like I didn't come here with a PDF sheet or a cue card. Uh, And so, but when I went back to the audio recordings, 90% of the people who had failed had mentioned that they ignored their gut, ignored their intuition. They knew what the right decision was. They didn't take it. Some form of something like this, which pointed to intuition. It got me super interested to say, wow, I just missed this, this, Thing And so when I looked at what intuition was, um, that's when my second book, Gut, was born. And I really took a dive into the science of intuition and its way and its, its ability to make decisions uh, in your personal life. And then it was such a huge part in my, uh, my role as a consultant and now coach um, in how it helps you make the right decisions to build trust with others. And if you look at the research, uh, that trust, when you use intuition to develop trust, it happens in as little as 33 milliseconds, and it takes up to 14 seconds for someone to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to work for that person. I'm going to exchange some time, energy, or even money uh, with that that brand, and that's how quick it is. And so when you attract employees that want to work for you by making the decisions to make them feel valued, or if you have branding around the messaging that has potential customers and customers feeling valued to say, yeah, this product or service matches my needs and it's going to enhance my life. 
then you strip them away from your competitors because they're always going to trust you rather than another brand. Uh, and that's how you eliminate the competition in under 14 seconds, which is exactly what my tagline is. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Sunil Gatsi. And uh, Sunil, you promised knowledge bombs, but man, my mind is blown with uh, those statistics that you just mentioned. Um, and I've got a lot of uh, questions to ask um, because you touched on the hiring piece, which is a hot topic right now, as well as, of course, in terms of branding as it relates to, uh, of course, every business, certainly our small business listeners on this program want to bring in more business. So let's break apart those two pieces. When we're talking about hiring right now, everybody's saying it's the great resignation. Everybody's talking about how, how you know, it's, it's certainly it's an employee's uh, market right now and in, in looking for those opportunities. So what is that one bit of advice that you'd want to share with the business owners that might be tuning in is how can they uh, develop the messaging um, that, uh, that will, that, that will attract somebody to, to say, this is where I'd want to call home. Yeah. So one of the things that I, that I have, uh, my clients do, especially when that, you know, during this great resignation is to, it just, is to really kind of strip yourself away from the old business models and short-term thinking. And where you really have to provide leadership, which is a verb is by having, uh, others feel valued and really caring about them and also you looking inside to say, Hey, listen, you know, I am being authentic and that's a big buzzword, but you know, it, what my actions are, uh, I, I speak my actions, my actions match the words that I say. Um, you don't necessarily have to be vulnerable, but you have to be a bit empathetic. You have to have a relationship with those people. Don't treat the people that you're hiring as a number. And more and more employees now or potential employees are looking to themselves to say, Hey, listen, I want to go where I'm feeling valued because intuition is a two-way street. So as much as you as a leader is using intuition to lead others and make them feel valued, the, the employees are also looking to you to see, do you really value me or is that, are you just blowing hot air? And so mm -hmm. we look to things like core values. We look to things like leadership, actually being leaders. Uh, and when you display those types of behaviors, then this triggers the intuition of those employees to say, wow, you know, this is a good place that to work. This uh, leadership team uh, is, is they're authentic, they're consistent, they care about my growth in short term and long term. And you can all do this even through with your hiring team. And that's when you solidify someone wanting to work for you. And the whole great resignation is because more and more people, especially now we've, with the pandemic, we're forced to now look at, okay, what do I really want in a person that I want to work for. And from a leadership perspective, who do I really want on my team? That's going to get me to the next level in terms of business growth. And okay. when you match those two things up, magic happens. And so the great resignation is just people saying, are you the company that's going to uh, have a value, uh, value me or not? And when they find that they're going to stick. And for those companies who don't display that they're going to be cycling through a whole bunch of turnover because they're just not doing things the right way. They're not making the right decisions um, that actually value the employee. They're looking at statistics or they're looking at growing the bottom line. And people sense that in under 14 seconds. That's how quick it is. As Sunil, on your website, um, you use that word intuitive quite a bit. And you have, um, if I'm counting correctly, six areas um, that you provide some consulting services, intuitive leadership, hiring, marketing, sales, team building, and outsourcing, all really important areas. And of course, we're going to share 
all of that information with our listeners before we wrap up. But Sunil, you have developed that intuition and now you're teaching others, including some very large uh, name organizations and companies. But I want to ask you about a challenging time, something where you where you may have had that aha moment um, in your own experiences in building a business where you you you've developed some of that intuitive, let's say that those street smarts, if you will. Do you mind sharing um, some some of those experiences with our listeners as well? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest uh, case studies that I, sh- that I showcase is when I was uh, hired to bring in uh, as a consultant to help this one healthcare company, and they were struggling. They were about four hundred thousand uh, dollars and and going down south. And it was a friend of mine who was one of the co CEOs, and he said, "We need to fix this, or we're done." And they had about four months runway of cash. I come in, I just tell them, "Listen, let me worry about uh, how to grow this company, if at all." Uh, and the very first thing I do in a cash trap situation is I raise all the uh, uh, wages because people were severely underpaid and that gained a little bit of trust. But in taking the business forward operationally and figuring out where the mistakes are, where we can fix the leaks, I brought the employees together, listened to them and, and got them involved in the process. Once I did that, then I was able to implement what they, uh, what they uh, had suggested. Now I'm getting their trust and saying, yeah, Wow, these two co-CEOs never cared for who we were. Here comes this, this consultant that's saying, wow, he really values our opinion. And then what that, what that ended up helping is that once they were able to be trusted or to trust me, they were able to help operationally, which meant that I can work on expansion. And we ended up taking that $400,000 struggling company to over $3.5 million a year uh, in two and a half years. And I gave them a $10 million gift by the time I left. Um, and, uh, and to give you a sense of, you know, how we were doing in terms of locking out the competition, the average in that we were in the healthcare space, the average healthcare company at that point was making revenues of about maybe 250 to $400,000 per location on average. Uh, we were making a million plus. And we were knocking out five or six of our competitors, phoning us to say, hey, listen, can you buy our assets? You guys are taking our clients. You're taking our employees. Like You're, you're stripping us. Uh, and so that's what happens when you gain the trust of people inside the company. And then customers are coming because they're enjoying the experience. And that's exactly how you use intuition to gain the trust of your employees and customers that knock out your competition. And again, struggling $400,000, $10 million in three and a half years. That's the transformation you can have. So my last question of all of our guests is always um, sort of that action item uh, that I want people to take away. And, and certainly I'm hearing it loud and clear from you in terms of uh, from your stories, from your own experiences. But also, I know that you have a lot of resources on your website as well. I know you have your own uh, podcast, your own, as you said, multiple books, lots of great content and information on intuition as it relates to hiring, as it relates to sales, marketing, team building, and so on. So uh, best takeaway that I have, Sunil, is uh, all of our listeners need to get on that website and subscribe in all of those areas. And uh, Sunil, how can we get in touch and, uh, and learn more? Yeah, you can go to sunilgatsi.com um, and everything's there um, on all the socials as well. So you can always reach out to me in any one of those. Um, and my books are also available anywhere uh, you can buy them. And I've got an audio book for gut. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wherever you want to find me and uh, you shoot me a DM and uh, happy to, to have a chat about uh, what I'm doing and how you can improve your intuitive capabilities. Well, Sunil, I appreciate you teaching so much to all of our listeners. Um, fantastic resources and advice. I encourage all of our listeners to get in touch. We got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show. All about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. When we return, more entrepreneurship, more resources for you in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, uh, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I always love to bring in amazing people doing amazing things. And it was about, oh gosh, six weeks ago or so that I had the opportunity to get to know my uh, new friend, and that's Nick Bussey, who, uh, who is a veteran um, who is passionate about helping uh, fellow veterans in their transition from the military. Uh, Nick and I, uh, as our listeners know, uh, certainly have served in the Army, but I know, Nick, you don't discriminate. You work with folks from all of the other branches as well. So, you know, it's, you, know you do what you got to do for, for the job, but um, you are passionate about helping people with their transition. And I, I've been watching you in terms of the networking that you've been doing. And that's, uh, I think you're very fortunate because you are supported by an amazing organization, Leaf Home. So, Nick Bussey, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, I love all the information you guys are putting out there to everybody. Lots of good insight for all of us to learn from. Absolutely. No, it's fantastic. So I want to talk all about um, your transition, your role at Leafome, and of course, talk about opportunities that you're making available to uh, to veterans. And frankly, I mean, I know that your company has a lot of opportunities for all sorts of people. Um, but uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all that you are doing and, and uh, paying it forward, which is absolutely awesome. So Nick, if you don't mind very briefly, tell us your story of transition from the military and how you ended up uh, doing what you're doing now. Yeah, of course. It's been quite quite a road for the past few years. As you know, we've all struggled with a lot of different things and a lot of random events have came to light um, throughout those last few years. And during the same time before COVID, um, not too, about maybe four, four months before the whole shutdowns happened, I did transition out of the military 2019, October. And, you know, you, you kind of get hit with a, a reality check. Um, you know, everything's a little different. Your skills sets might be looked at differently by the corporate sector and private sector. And of course, we go through many different uh, personal issues as far as, you know, some people go through identity crisis. What am I going to do next? Um, I didn't get all the information that I, I think I needed to successfully transition. So <clears throat> I went through a, a fairly good amount of different emotions, uh, different realizations of how the society works. Uh, you know, we, we don't study, you know, macro and microeconomics necessarily while we're in the service, right? Um, so we're not really sure how everything works and ties in for opportunity. So uh, I really decided to grasp the situation that I need a mentor. I need to be guided. I need to accept a little bit of defeat. And also accept some criticism so that way I can build on myself uh, and not uh, have a hardship or a, a break of employment. Uh, so my transition started out rough, but I reached out onto LinkedIn, which I think is everyone's uh, savior here for a transition to the military. Found a couple of mentors, and I know a lot of us know some of them. In fact, Brian Arrington from Vets to Industry, the founder uh, of that, actually before he found it, was one of the first people I talked to. So. Uh, he's been a, a good help to a lot of people. Um, so anyhow, I I did find myself uh, struggling for a minute, and I knew I had a lot of skill to offer, and that's when Leaf Home, uh, I had a conversation with Leaf Home. At first, it was just Leaf Filter, which is one of their many different companies under the Leaf Home brand, and was supposed to be a recruiter. But uh, Mr. Jolino and Sean Laboda, who's now the chief HR officer, uh, they said they wanted to incorporate military culture into our company. They wanted to, you know, become a military-friendly company. Uh, there's a lot of good value in in Marines and soldiers and sailors and so forth that they can bring to the table. But how are we going to do that? How are we going to bring them in? And how are we going to keep that culture inside? And I said, oh, that's it. That's the light bulb I've been waiting for. This is what I really wanted. And 
I went from going to offer a recruiter position to offer a position to create the whole military department of Leaf Home. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I'm chatting with Nick Bussey, the uh, the National Corporate Military Engagement Manager at Leaf Home, and congratulations on that transition, on that success. And I know from personal experience that I know you are helping many folks with that transition. So I want to break our conversation into two parts, and you've touched up already on, on both of them, and I want to break it apart into into more bite-sized pieces. And uh, the first thing is actually exactly what uh, Leaf Home is doing of of identifying and realizing the tremendous value that uh, service members from all branches, and by the way, again, go Army, beat Navy, um, but the, the, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, uh, the advantages that veterans bring into their organization. So, Nick, what uh, advice or what uh, insight would you have for business owners that are tuning into this conversation of, you know, why they should hire military? Yeah, it's a, that's a, a very good question. Um, I myself am also a business owner of NutriShop. Uh, it's a franchise for new supplements and fitness nutrition. And, and at the same time, I'm doing this right for uh, Leaf Home. And what I, what I would suggest for business owners is, one, realize how important and valuable our leaders in our military community are. Uh, everything from adaptability to, to regional systems, they can improve those systems as well and maximize and optimize overall your efficiency of whatever it is your, your business model is. This is what we do. This is what service members do. We're problem solvers. But all at the end, we're not just good managers, but military leaders are really good just leaders in general. And that's something we need in our industry. Uh, so I would, one, recognize everyone's military occupation specialty, what their value is, and understand that these are very uh, trainable people. <clears throat> um, for instance, what Leaf Homes is doing is, is we're finding programs to get people in the door. And how do we do that? We create our own programs within the company that allow us to interview interested and qualified military spouses, uh, post-military candidates. But also at the same time, there's resources that can get high quality uh, veteran leaders in your door to be trained on a program called DOD SkillBridge. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of us might know about it. And believe it or not, uh, a vast majority, though, doesn't know what SkillBridge is. So utilize programs like that that'll get a veteran inside your door between you know any between three and six months uh, training uh, under the DoD's dime. They still receive their benefits. They still receive their pay. The company's not expending a pay in salary and labor. But however, at the end, we're bridging that most important gap that we're trying to fill, and that is the transition gap. Absolutely. And I'm chatting with Nick Bussey um, from uh, Leaf Home, National Corporate and Military Engagement Manager, with a fantastic message on how businesses, including small businesses, can take advantage of the DOD SkillBridge program to uh, bring on, on the DOD's dime, uh, some fantastic talent. Um, and uh, we've already talked about some of those advantages that uh, that veterans bring. So um, flipping sides for a moment before we actually talk about Leaf Homes program, um, what's your message overall to the veterans that are tuning in? Of what are the what's the practical advice that you would share with them on how do they get ready for that transition um, to uh, to make it as smooth as possible? That is that is great. Uh, I think that might be the most important information I can give. Uh, one is eliminate the one thing that I always say you need to take out, take out of the equation uh, of your life, and that is doubt. Do not have doubt for anything. And two, reach out to mentorship. Get a LinkedIn profile. If you do not have one, you're listening to this right now, 
go ahead and get on LinkedIn, find yourself a military mentor through veterati.com. It's a free service to you and it's vet meant it's, it's veterans mentoring veterans and they will get your profile set up, start networking with very important people in the military community and the transition community. Many companies on, on LinkedIn do have a military department and representative looking for you. So again, eliminate doubt, get a mentor, start networking right away. Even if it's six months prior to getting out, you should have a successful transition. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's great advice. And uh, Nick, we're coming close to the end of our time uh, together. And I want to make sure that we leave our listeners with a little bit more about the Leaf Home program. By the way, I should add congratulations, of course, on uh, on your development of your own small business. So I know you're, um, you can relate very, very well to all of our small business listeners uh, around the country, for sure. So congratulations on that. But uh, over at Leaf Home, uh, tell us very briefly about uh, the program and how we can get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. So we just have a few programs. We are partnered with Hiring Our Heroes. Uh, that's going to be a great program to look into. If you don't know what it is, I, I advise researching it. Um, and it will get you into our doors as a transition program. We have DOD Skill Bridge. Uh, we have our, um, our Veteran Family Program, which if you're a, a military spouse or maybe college student looking for some employment, we offer that as well. Uh, and, and, and we also have internal programs that keep our community engaged and also educated on VA-related uh, details and programs. Uh, if you'd like to, if you have an interest, you'd like to find more information, you can go to uh, leafhome.com slash vets. That will give us some information about our programs and allow you to put in your submission right to my military engagement team. And we'll make sure we take care of you and talk about the opportunities. Anything from... IT to management to recruiting, anything that our corporate headquarters can involve, uh, including finance as well. We, we have something for you. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for your passion for helping veterans. Thank you for your passion for encouraging uh, businesses. And congratulations again on all of your success. Uh, Nick Bussey, I look forward to uh, staying in touch with you. And again, thank you to you and your entire team at, uh, at Leaf Home for all that you're doing for veterans. Got to squeeze in a quick break, some headlines, commercials. We'll be back on Get Down to Business when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We've been having some great conversations on the show, and trust me, we got a lot more in store for you today here on Get Down to Business, but be sure to check out my website, shellandkline.com. That's where you can download the past eight plus years of shows all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Be sure to check out our show on your favorite podcast app. That's where you can find an amazing archive of eight plus years um, of conversations with amazing leaders. In fact, I believe we've had conversations with many, many, many thousands of uh, amazing entrepreneurs, book authors, and there's something in store for everybody. And speaking of something in store for everybody, be sure to check out our sponsor, Tom Murabali from healthplanchicago.com because he has health care advice, Affordable Care Act information. Um, his website is healthplanchicago.com and um, you will not regret getting in touch with Tom. I call him the guru and that's for a reason. He knows everything there is to know about the Affordable Care Act and healthcare. Um, but let's talk about life for a moment. When in workplace and life, certain abilities are required for success. Strong communication skills have been identified as the top fundamental skill needed to manage personal relationships, careers, and society. Increasing social media networking and texting has made communication maybe a little bit more informal, but humanity is fast losing the importance of effective communication skills. 
So developing strong communication skills is essential in building a successful career and good leadership skills. Effective communicators have open minds to new ideas. In the workplace, good communication skills are essential. Business performance, professional success, it starts with good interview skills, networking, and being able to present your ideas to colleagues and superiors. So how can we improve our personal and business communication skills? I want to show you a couple of different ways to do that. So first of all, let's define it. What are communication skills? Communication skills are the process of listening attentively, sharing thoughts, conveying information effectively. Communicating effectively is a crucial skill in life, in business, and in the workplace. Communication skills can help you get a better job by helping you stand out from competitors during an interview. Personal relationships also require good communication skills to ensure effective and efficient interaction between individuals. So there's three different types of communication. That's verbal, nonverbal, and written. Verbal communication involves using words and sentences to convey the desired information. Verbal communication encompasses speech, verbal interactions like speaking and listening to messages being conveyed by another individual verbally. Nonverbal communication means conveying a message from one individual to another via gestures, body language, facial expressions. Gestures include facial expressions, hand signals, finger sign language, body language includes posture, staring, eye contact, hand gestures. Facial expressions include smiling or frowning. And then there's written communication. So regarding written communication, there's three different categories. There's the non-mediated writing, mediated writing, and electronic writing. Non-mediated writing is messages that can be read or heard directly from the sender, such as letters, notes, books. Mediated writing is blogs, forum, where feedback is immediate because you have to respond to a comment posted by another individual for the message to reach the intended recipient. And electronic communication, well, that's becoming more and more frequent. That's instant messaging, emails, and texting. So I just want to share some high-level tips and advice when it comes to how to improve your communication skills. The key is have the right attitude, whether it's written or, or, or verbal. It really doesn't matter. A positive and open-minded attitude is essential to good communication. Instead of asking yourself what's in it for me, you should ask yourself how can you can help the other people. Make sure you're getting to the point efficiently. A big mistake a lot of people make is failing to get to the point. It makes conversation and interviews difficult for everyone involved. The ability to communicate effectively using the fewest words possible can help you in many ways, such as winning a job or expanding contacts. Be aware of your tone and pitch. Your tone of voice can either make or break a good impression. Tone and intonation can make an effective message come across as sarcastic, rude, or pleasant. This is why you need to be mindful of your tone and use an appropriate one to communicate effectively. Raise and lower your vocal pitch the way you would in a conversation with a new individual. Anger, frustration, and patience is communicated through your voice. Avoid vague language while using the right tone, pitch, and vocabulary can help develop effective communication. So is choosing your words carefully. The words we choose can either strengthen or weaken a message. Words that have double meanings should be avoided as they tend to be misinterpreted easily. Speak clearly. Clear speech is the single most important element of effective communication. Make sure your words come across clearly and aren't muffled due to lack of an enunciation or clarity. Work on improving the rhythm of your speech by following along with the recording of your voice. Be aware of body language. I've talked about this in the past. Using nonverbal language like hand gestures can help you improve your communication skills. In fact, the majority of nonverbal communication is conveyed by body language and facial expressions. Make eye contact whenever possible. Obviously, we're having this conversation over the air. You can't see me right now. But when possible, make sure you maintain eye contact and keep your listener engaged and active in the conversation. Eye contact shows that you're paying attention and listening to what the other person is saying and improve your active listening skills. One of the most basic and yet important communication skills is active listening, communicating with others effectively by being an active listener.
and relevant questions you can prevent a miscommunication from happening. Maintain good posture when you're in person with somebody. Eliminate filler words and hedging words. Words like um, you know, like. Those can be distracting because people have to stop and figure out what you're trying to say. You want your message to carry some weight. So throw in a meaningful word or two, not filler words. And finally, 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 be confident. Be confident, and that comes across so clearly because I'll just leave you with a couple of quick statistics. Research says that 7% of communication is verbal, 55% is body language, and 38% is the tone. More than 80% of Americans think that with effective employee communication, employers can have a trustworthy relationship. So it's worth investing in it. That's a wrap for us over here. We're going to continue our conversation, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. are back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm so excited for this conversation because I'm joined by Erica Anderson, the founding partner of the consulting firm Proteus International and very excitingly the author of a fantastic read, Change from the Inside Out, Making You, Your Team, and Your Organization Change Capable, something I'm certainly very, very passionate about because change is inevitable. And in fact, most change in business, when we're talking about change initiatives, it fails. So obviously, we want to make sure for all of our listeners, we're giving you the best advice. So you get your 2022 off to a fantastic start. Erica Anderson, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, it's exciting to have you. So uh, how much you know less stressful our days would be if we stopped viewing sort of changes as difficult, costly, weird, and, and instead embrace them as doable, rewarding, and normal? And I know that's a question that you've asked many times. Erica, I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. How did you become so passionate about change management? So let me step back a little bit. So I started my company, Proteus, in 1990. It's been 32 years. And the reason I started it was I saw that the skills that in the 80s were called soft skills, leadership, management, team, and communication, were becoming more and more important. And everything, everything was speeding up, flattening out. And in fact, our first tagline for Proteus was skills for mastering the future. So when we started Proteus in 1990, our mission was to help our clients clarify and move toward their hope for a future, which is what? Change. So we've always been interested in change. We've done vision and strategy work. And then about uh, probably 12 years ago, we started our own change practice. And our focus was always, has always been helping clients integrate the kind of practical nuts and bolts side of change with the human side of change, because those two things are essential. And so when I went and started thinking about writing a book about change four years ago, um, the two questions I wanted to answer are, because I saw them come up again and again in our change practice and get in the way of people making change, were why is change so hard for us, A, (laughs) and B, what actually happens when an individual human being makes a change? I wanted to get inside of our heads and and see, okay, what, what do we go through psychologically and emotionally when we actually make a change? Because I felt like if we could get clearer about that, we could help people, ourselves included, rewire themselves to make it so that change was not so hard for us. So that was Absolutely. my intention when I wrote the book. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Erica Anderson, the founding partner of Produce International and the author of Change from Inside Out, Make You, Your Team, 
and your organization change capable. And when we talk about organizations, I know that you have uh, consulted and advised top executives at many organizations, including Amazon, Spotify, uh, Charter Spectrum, and the Yale School of Public Health. So congratulations on all of that and uh, over three decades in business. So there's lots of books (laughs) on change as I did my preparation for this conversation. What makes your approach unique? I think what I what I was saying earlier, this integration of the practical and the human side of change and this getting underneath why on the human side it's so hard. So so I'll share with your listeners the answer to that first question that we found, which is uh, why change is so hard. So if you think about our history as human beings, think about someone who lived 100 years or 200 years or 500 years ago, that person's life stayed pretty much the same from beginning to end. If you grew up in Kenya or the US or Australia 200 years ago, you almost certainly grew up where your parents grew up, did the same work that your parents did, ate the same food, went to the same church, and did that for your whole life. People 100 or 200 years ago, their lives were unimaginably to us stable. And when a change came, it was almost always a disruption, a danger, a threat. It was a war, a famine, a flood, an earthquake. So the best bet historically for us as humans was almost always to come back to that previous known. So that's how we're wired from thousands of years of history to see stability as a good coming back to the norm, that homeostatic urge as the proper thing to do to see change as a danger and a threat. So here we are now in the 21st century with change happening every day, every moment, and that wiring, that historical wiring no longer serves us. It served us 100 years ago. Now it doesn't. So for us, every time a change comes at us, especially organizationally or, you know, sociologically, every time a change comes at us to see it as a threat and to have that self-protective, you know, it's going to be difficult, costly, weird reaction no longer serves us. So it's really important for us to rewire ourselves to be able to more quickly and easily see a change as neutral and possibly beneficial. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And it's actually very helpful. And um, before we go to break, I, I have to ask, as you talk about the times that we live in, uh, I mean, what has this pandemic taught us about change? Um, and and because it's certainly something, a word that maybe not everybody has used in the past, but all of a sudden, everybody's yeah. talking about yes. that change. Yeah. What, what, what can we learn from it? Um, you know, it's interesting. It's been horrible on so many levels in terms of cost of life and the polarization that's happened. And there are some silver linings. And I feel like the main silver lining is it's kind of taken the top off of change and allowed for many other changes. I feel like there are more real conversations now about social justice, about climate change, about all the big things we have to change on our world, in our world, in our society, that maybe we wouldn't have been having in the same way if the pandemic hadn't kind of opened us up to, oh my gosh, change. Yeah, you change know what is I mean? certainly inevitable. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Erica Anderson, the author of Change from the Inside Out, Make You, Your Team, and Your Organization Change Capable. And we're going to continue our conversation talking about uh, how leaders can, uh, can approach uh, bringing their organizations through change. But we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We listen to Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm talking with the founding partner of Proteus International and an expert on the topic of change. We did already say the C word, and by that I don't just mean change, I mean COVID. We've talked about this sort of this change, the strange times that we're in. Um, but now back to the organization side of things, because I know that that's an important piece of this fantastic read, which came out in 2021, um, about essentially how you can make your organization change capable. So Erica, again, welcome back. You talk about being change capable. What do you mean by that? And why is it important to so change capable is now our term of art. And it came up while I was writing the book. I started when I was first working on the book in 2018, I started thinking that I my term would be change positive. But then I realized that's not that's not what we're looking for because we don't want people to be happy, go lucky about change because some changes are difficult and some changes are bad. Some changes are unnecessary. So what we want people to, what we want to help people do is become more fluent in change so that they can, when a change comes at them, rather than seeing it as a threat and as a danger, they can see it just as a possible change in a very neutral way, which helps you then assess whether or not it is a good and necessary change. And that's what I mean by change capable, that you can see change more neutrally and be more able to move through it well, mm-hmm. which I think is the key skill for people now. It certainly is. It certainly is. So as we have this conversation airing in Chicago on a Sunday night, um, I, I always love to leave our listeners with a homework assignment, something that they can do in the week ahead, one practical bit of advice. So again, it's not always that I get uh, the opportunity to talk to not only an author of the leading book on uh, on organizational change, um, but also I know you host your own um, business and leadership <laughs> podcast as well. So what advice would you give to leaders about helping oh, their folks I, through I, change? I love this question, Shalom. So, so, um, one of the exciting things we got to, and you mentioned at the beginning of the show, is that when people come to change, when change is imposed on them, they almost always see it as being potentially difficult, costly, and weird. And when people are able to make a change, it's when their mindset shifts and they start thinking that the change could be instead easy, or at least doable, rewarding and normal. And the action step I want to leave your listeners with is we can actually change our minds. You can change your thinking. And that's the power of this is when a change comes at you and you notice that you're starting to think about it, oh my gosh, this is going to be so difficult and it's going to take away things I value. It's going to be costly. It's so weird and strange. You can think to yourself, wait, how could this be easy? How could this be rewarding? How could I normalize this? You can shift your mindset. And that power that we have to rewire the way we think about change is really profound. Mindset and perspective. So if I get one thing into the mindset of all of our listeners is that you need to pick up a copy of this fantastic book. (laughs) And Eric, I know all of our listeners are nodding their heads vigorously and no doubt everybody wants to uh, learn how to make that change happen. Uh, Erica, how can we get in touch with you and pick up a a copy of this fantastic read? I love that question. So um, you can go to my website, which is ericaanderson.com. And both my names are spelled oddly. It's E-R-I-K-A-A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N.com. Or you can go to my business website, which is Proteus, P-R-O-T-E-U-S dash international.com. And the book's available on Amazon or online book, you know, any online bookseller. And it's available hard copy, 
uh, Kindle, and I've also recorded the audiobook, so it's available as an audiobook as well. Fantastic. Well, Erica Anderson, and again, it, it wouldn't our conversation wouldn't be complete without mentioning that your name is spelled with a change. That's right on <laughs> message. So there we go, <laughs> Eric right. Anderson. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. I look forward to uh, to, to uh, staying in touch and, and following all of your important work. That's wrap for us here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you might be listening. Um, but to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.